If you are in your 20s hoping there is more to life than boys and Bacardi, you are in the right place. Katie Ballmer has been a keynote speaker to over 60 colleges nationwide, encouraging 20-somethings to realize their worth, find their calling, and not date their bags. But seriously, Katie is an author, viral TikTok creator, wife, mom of two girls, and your adopted aunt that you never knew how bad you needed. Ready to have some real conversation tackling the hottest topics? This is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Today... My TikTok friend is becoming my real life friend. This is Kristen, founder of Faith and Intimacy. She is having important conversations on the internet when it relates to sex in a marriage, Um, pornography, how it is not helping marriages and relationships, all of the controversial stuff with truth, with grace, and I love her. Welcome to the podcast, Kristen. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and so excited to have this conversation with you and to get to know you better. Yes, likewise. All right. So I love what you're doing. I'd love for you to give us a little bit of a background. I know you and your husband met in college at a Christian college, I believe. Got pregnant. Surprise. Tell me all of the good stuff, the background. (laughs) Yes. So me and my husband met at Aurora University, which is a very little school, a little college, but we met and yes, we had a surprise in college. I was a junior and he was a senior. He was just about to graduate and we got pregnant um, and it was a huge surprise to us, but we are so thankful for how it all turned out right now. We're thankful for our story, even though it wasn't what it was planned to do. But yeah, so now we have three girls and they all turn this year because they're all two years apart. They turn seven, five, and three this year. And we've been married this year will be our seventh year. So we had three girls very fast. We wanted to have our kids while we were young and then enjoy our marriage while we're raising our girls. I love this. And I did not realize you have three girls. I'm a girl mom as well. We have two girls. And I mean, obviously we love you know, guys and girls, but it's just kind of cool. Your passion for healthy relationships, specifically for young women, as we're having this conversation on the podcast, you know, truth for your twenties. Most of our listeners are young women and helping, you know, being who we needed when we were younger, as it relates to conversations with healthy marriages, sex life, dating, all of that good stuff. So Christian college, find out you're pregnant. I'd love to just kind of camp there for a second. Like, did you feel like your world was over? Tell me like what happened in that moment? Yes, it did. We, I remember we were at his, his house when we took the pregnancy test. Um, he lived just with a few other guys close to the college. And yeah, I for sure thought that my life was over and we were crying. Both of us were just sobbing. Sorry, Jacob, for <laughs> being honest, but we were both so emotional. And I think a lot of it was to have to tell our families because we both grew up in Christian households and we knew we were going to have to bring this news and we knew it was going to be disappointing to them. But we tried to stay hopeful through all of it. I remember we played worship music like as soon as we like right after we could like compose ourselves, we like like played the worship music just to try to get ourselves better. And the song that came on was like, you know, our sins are forgiven as far as the East is to the West. And that was, was so thankful. Like that was a grace from God just for that song because it really just helped us collect each other um, because I was in a very hard major in college. I was an athletic training major where I had very hard, strict classes. I could not miss classes. I couldn't be sick. I had to be there. 
and then I'd be in class all day and then I'd be um, in the athletic training field at night. So I would be at a high school football game or a college softball game, whatever it was. And it was very hard to be able to continue that after getting pregnant and having a baby. So I did end up switching my major after that, but I was able to finish a different major, which I'm so thankful for to have that. But at the time, it was really hard for the both of us. Luckily, Jacob did graduate um, and he was fine with that. (laughs) It was very helpful to have him being a year older, but me, it, it definitely derailed my plans a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So I'm curious, you know, young person finding yourself in this, like obviously pivotal decision, what were the conversations around sex when you were growing up? Like, was it like, it's bad. Don't talk about it. Don't think about it. Or were there some, like, what did you know? What were you taught? From my standpoint, as I was growing up, sex was never talked about in our house. We went to church, we went to youth group and sex was bad, right? That's like basically all I heard growing up was sex was bad, but we didn't really talk about it much in my household. Like we, if I went to my mom, she would talk about it if I brought it up to her, but it wasn't a freely open discussion. Mm -hmm. And so I went to public school growing up and that's basically where I learned everything. I, you know, when you get to public school, it's, you know, you're going to learn everything about sex that, you know, if you weren't taught about it. So Besides, you know, what I learned in school growing up, there wasn't much conversation. It was the same for my husband, too. It was there was no conversation about sex except for don't do it. Wait till you're married. You know, sex is bad. And that just kind of put in our heads, you know, that, okay, we're, you know, we shouldn't do it. It's bad. But then when you're around the world and everybody else is telling you sex is good and you get to college and there's literally sex all around you in college, that's pretty much, you know, how we ended up in our situation. Yeah. Okay. So having these, you know, it's bad conversations and then uh, hormones and everything else is telling you it's good. I I just think it's interesting because what you know now and everything, obviously, and having healthy conversations about sex on the internet, which is amazing. And thank you for doing that and being brave. (laughs) Um, And then also having this situation. Um, I guess I wonder if you could just talk to us about what you wish you would have known and maybe some healthier conversations that you wish you would have had. Obviously it worked out for you guys, but you know, for some people it doesn't. And so maybe just kind of backing up to that, like, Hey, sweet 18 year old, uh, Kristen, like, what do you think that would have been some more helpful conversations? Yes. So definitely having the conversation is so important, especially within our households. And just being open to have the conversation and not just cut it off by saying sex is bad, don't do it, because sex is not bad. And it is a gift for us to enjoy with our spouses and to enjoy it the right way. We should wait till marriage, because if we don't wait, that's when things happen that they're not supposed to happen. That's not how it that's not how sex was designed for us. And so if we can just be more open at home, be more open in our churches or small groups or even friend groups and just be honest with the situation that is obviously not going away and just talk about it and just say sex is going to be great, but it's going to be so great when you wait for your husband because you are going to be connected to that person and they're going to be connected to you and it will be so special 
and it's hard to wait and be honest, be honest. It's hard to wait. And I think it's so important to be honest because it's not something easy to do. It's hard to wait and just say that, you know, and just in my story now, I say, I wish we would have waited. I wish we could have celebrated that time together as a married couple and had that connection started after we were married. Yes, I agree with everything you're saying, but I just did a video and I had several comments, people asking me, okay, like, yes, I'm behind you. I want to wait for marriage as well, but me and my boyfriend are committed to getting married. I know he's the one I know we're getting married or we're engaged. So what's the point in waiting? I get that question a lot. What would you, what would you tell your younger self that? I would tell my younger self now thinking back when I dated somebody in high school that I thought I was going to marry, as I think a lot of us have those situations. Right, been there. And when you're just thinking it internally of you and that person, and you're not thinking of all the different outside factors, and you're not thinking about how this is going to affect the future. And if it doesn't work out, you know, what happens when it doesn't work out? And if they really, what I would tell, you know, young couples, young youth right now is if that person is for you and they're willing to wait with you, then they will wait till marriage. They won't wait until engagement. They won't wait till they say, yes, I'll marry you. You will marry me. But then just keep waiting because if it is the right person, they will wait for you. And it's, uh, it's opening up present too early. And I love what you said, having those open conversations about, yes, this is a hard thing. Going to the gym is hard work and it makes you stronger. Um, eating healthy is not easy. It's not convenient, but it makes you a better person. There are things in our life that are not going to be the easy route. But if we always took the, the easy route, then how does that make us better? How does that make us stronger? And so, yes, um, sex is good. Being attracted to your boyfriend is good. Like, don't shame yourself. Like, I think he's hot. Congratulations. That is awesome. You're going to have so much fun <laughs> for all of the years that you are married. Like, don't, you know, stuff it down and pretend it doesn't exist. All of these things are very good. But again, um, sanctifying, strengthening, all of these things are practices, they're obedience, they're making you better, they're making him better, they're making your uh, marriage better. And then I also ask, like, what story do you want to tell? Like this, you're writing your dating story, you are writing your dating story. And what story do you want to tell? And so um, yes, and amen to everything you said. And I love that (laughs) you have this, (laughs) this beautiful insight on everything. Another thing people don't talk about is sex produces children. Like, oh yeah, I had an Instagram live last night and we were kind of having these conversations we were like an hour in before we're like, the reason, one of the reasons God says to wait for marriage. Yes. It's bonding. Yes. It can totally hurt uh, when you break up with or without any kind of other, you know, children or whatever, but sex produces children. And we know that children benefit from having a mother and father both present in the home. And so you were kind of thrown into this Pregnant and young. Oh my gosh. Were you just like all of the emotions? Yes, definitely. And Jacob and I cannot say enough. And that's why when we tell our story, we always make sure we say that we are not the norm. Like we are very lucky that we loved each other and that we did get married and got a home and had more children and we're able, you know, to keep our jobs and graduate college because that's not always the story of these cases. And so we just always make sure we share that because we don't want to like shine our light because we, if we had to do it over again, we wouldn't do it the same route that happened to us. So we just always want to make sure that we share that with any person, couple that we talk to 
because sex does produce babies and and we need to you know make sure that we are still thinking about that because sex is great and it's good but it is it does procreate too and obviously we we found that out one of the harder ways um but <laughs> Yeah, tell you what sex well, is true. Who who knew? <laughs> yes, right, right, very true. And not to blame either person. You know, we try to own our mistakes and we own what we have done, and we make sure that when we're sharing our story, we talk about that because we want to make sure that couples have a better understanding of sex than what we did then, and they understand everything and how much better it will be if you can wait. Because we've had issues from not waiting that we would not have had if we would have just waited, if we would have taken that time out to wait. And we wouldn't have had to deal with some of this other college stuff. You know, we wouldn't have had to deal with that. We would have just had our marriage and our sex life within our marriage to be proud of and be happy of. And now, you know, we have baggage that we had to deal with and we still deal with it all the time because it doesn't go away. And, you know, we do forgive each other and, you know, by the grace of God, you know, we're still together and we're so thankful for that. But it is something you have to think about is you're going to you're going to live with that, you know, your whole life and the choices that we make, they are going to stay with you and your spouse, too. Do you care to unpack that a little more? Because I think that that's true. Like, yes, we see, okay, you know, you got pregnant before wedlock, but now you have this beautiful marriage and you have kids and everything looks perfect on the, on the outside. Um, and you know, we talked about before we logged on, no, no one's perfect, of course. And you guys are so open and beautiful and I love it, but yes, there are consequences to those actions. Do you care to maybe share a little bit of the veil behind the curtain, so to speak? Yes. So trying to think of some of the, so one of the biggest things was obviously having to tell our families because it was, we felt a lot of shame right away. Obviously now we have beautiful children together and we don't live in that shame right now, but we did. We lived in immense shame during that time because we had to tell our friends, we had to tell our family. We got married very shortly after we found out we were pregnant and everyone thought like, oh, you guys would not have gotten married if you weren't pregnant. And that was really hard on us. That was hard Mm -hmm. because even though no matter what we said, no matter how we acted together, people always just thought, oh, you know, the only reason they got married was because they got pregnant and they had to get married. And that was really hard because you want people to look at you and your spouse and think, oh, they're a perfect match together. And they're going to create this beautiful life together where we started it wrong. And people thought, oh, that's unfortunate. They have to get married because they got pregnant. And that was really hard for us to deal with for a long time. I think another thing that we had to deal with was our church. We were going to a church before we found out we were pregnant is my husband's church. And it's still the church that we go to today. And it was really hard. We started going to church and we just, we felt the shame. People were, people were trying to find a good way to describe it. They were still loving, but they were definitely giving us second looks. And we just felt, again, I feel like shame is just the the best word that can describe it. We just felt internal shame every time we would go to church you know what are these people thinking about us and it just you know made us so sad you know that now people had to think that way about us too and 
you know, we had some people of the church say like, oh, we don't care for, you know, their pictures of the baby before we were married, you know, like sonogram pictures. And that was really hard for us because we were trying to make the best of the situation and trying to be excited about getting married and having a baby. And it was hard. So we had to deal with a lot of not just internal shame, but out, you know, external shame too that we got. And I'm so thankful that, you know, we were able to work through those difficulties with our church too, but it was definitely something hard and internal. Jacob and I had a lot of things that we had to deal with before that too, because there were, you know, we dated other people before we found each other and we even broke up in the middle of college and, dated other people and then we got back together and I wish we wouldn't have had that tie that sexual tie before we broke up and then got you know back together because that we carried along through all of our relationships all of the next you know people that we would try to see and people that we would try to date we had to carry that with us through all the next people and even though we ended up back together we still had that baggage through being with those other people too. So it's just something I could talk about for a long time and I could try to tell people, you know, just be strong. <laughs> oh, this is this is good. And it's a needed conversation that a lot of times, you know, people shy away from. And so thank you for just letting us into the reality of all of the stuff that you walk through. But now God is good and redeemed and you do have a incredible, just even social media presence about having healthy conversations around sex, around married sex, around how this is good and how, you know, supporting and loving your partner. Tell me about what you're doing now. Now it all started with TikTok, which is funny because I'm, I'm still in my 20s, but I still feel a little old to be on TikTok compared to what else I see. But I started on TikTok because I thought, you know what? This is a place where I won't feel judged by anybody. I didn't tell like any of my friends. I was like, I'm just going to start a TikTok and I'm going to talk about this topic that I'm so passionate about because I wish I would have done my life different. I wish I would have had people helping me along. And now, even in marriage, you know, we still go through different phases where we need people helping us through those phases and telling us, you know, you're not alone during these phases. And so I started with TikTok and just having the conversation about sex and healthy sex within a marriage. And yeah, that can go, you know, all over the spectrum. Obviously, porn use is a huge one, postpartum issues and things that we have to deal with postpartum that, you know, some people don't think about or they don't plan about. And just different stress and hormones that we go through as we age or, you know, different things that cause stressors if we lose a job or we start a new job or different things with our kids come up. And then I just encourage people. I encourage them through, you know, their love languages, trying to get to know their spouse better through love languages and just being intentional. I think that's like the best way, you know, I can say it is I just try to encourage spouses to be more intentional about their marriage because our lives are so busy and we have so many things filling up our schedules all week long. And we just have to stop and make sure that we are being intentional within our marriages. Because so many times I've read on people's comments or they'll message me like, I just didn't realize how bad it got, or I didn't realize the last time me and my spouse had alone time 
and the, or even just a one-on-one -on -one conversation because our kids are always around or we're driving to the next sports game or, you know, whatever the case may be. And so being intentional is just the number one thing I feel like I can always talk about is being intentional with your spouse. Yeah. And I, I think it's so important because healthy marriages is obviously so important and the family is what makes the world go around in such an important conversation. And so I love that you are a champion of marriages and a friend of marriages uh, and a friend of intimacy in marriage, because again, this is something that is not talked about in the church that much. Um, I wonder, well, you mentioned intentionality, but maybe just like some quick pointers to the people that are listening who are married about keeping this number one relationship, number one earthly relationship, like important, top of mind, like invested in all of that good stuff. Yes. So if we can think of being intentional, it can be the number one thing we think of is scheduling a date night. Sometimes in our brains and in our schedules, we can't do that. It's just too hard. We're too busy. We can't block it off in our schedule to have a date night or we can't get a babysitter to go for a date night. So I say start small. Start with taking five, 10 minutes out of your day going into your bedroom, closing the door, whatever you have to do, just taking that time to sit down with your spouse and being intentional with them, having an intimate one-on-one -on -one time with them. And more than just like, how was your day? But really trying to get to know them better because we're changing as we grow and we need to make sure that we are growing with our spouse as we change, as we grow, because we don't want to grow away from them. We want to grow with them as we get older. So definitely starting off small can be so helpful because I know that is like my number one thing when I say, get a date night. It's always, oh, we can't, there's no babysitters or we don't have any time. So start small, taking those five, 10 minutes out of your day. And then think in those five or 10 minutes or strategize in those five or 10 minutes that you have. When can we have a date night? When can we spend alone time together? Do we need to wake up 30 minutes earlier? Do we need to stay up a little bit later after the kids go to bed? Can we come together during a lunchtime? But just think of whatever will work because every marriage is different and it can just be figuring out during that time, what can we do throughout the week? And then you when you're thinking about how to be intentional with your spouse, things will just come up. You can, when you're going to the coffee shop, grab them something on the way home and surprise them. Grab them a little gift, especially if their love language is gift giving. Grab them a coffee, grab them a candy bar, whatever it may be. But in our heads, when we're thinking like, oh, I need to be intentional with my spouse, I need to be intentional. These little things that seem so simple will just come to us that we can do or writing notes to your spouse when you're thinking about them. Or I'm so big on text messages because we always have our phones with us and it can take us 30 seconds to send just a quick, simple text message to your spouse saying, hey, I'm thinking about you and you are on my mind and I can't wait to see you later. Something exciting, something for them to look forward to or affirm them and something maybe they're struggling with, but just taking 30 seconds out of your day to just send them a quick text message can go such a long way and will just help them stay connected with you and you connected with your spouse.
Do you know that you can book a call with me? Yep, just you and me. We can talk about boys or faith or finding your calling or what you want to be when you grow up or anything in between. My passion, as you know from this podcast, is to be who I needed when I was younger. And I book online mentoring calls all throughout the week. I have a calendar where you pick a time that works for you. And we just set a phone call, date, and make it happen. Usually I'm walking around my neighborhood. You can do whatever you want. But we're going to just get to all the good stuff. Sometimes all you need is an unbiased third party who has your best interest at heart. I want to be your adopted mom, cool aunt, best friend, whatever you want to call me, but let's get real. Let's get honest. I would love to be your mentor. Check all the information at katiebulmer.life. Okay. I love all of this and I have extrapolated something from our conversation. So feel free to argue with me if this is incorrect, but you mentioned you and your husband were intimate and then broke up and date other people. Obviously, you know, got pregnant before married um, and now married and what seems to me have a much better, more connected, intimate, intimate life in, in every form of the verb, not, not just physical. So a lot of people will have this idea of you have to try it before you buy it. Would you say that your intimacy is better now than it was back in college? Oh, definitely. And I think it's because of emotional intimacy. In college, right. we didn't have the emotional intimacy. We had the physical intimacy and we both thought, each other was hot stuff in college, but now we have created that emotional intimacy from growing through those hard times together. And now we have a deeper emotional intimacy, which just carries for any term of intimacy. It will help you with physical intimacy because especially for women, we need that emotional intimacy. Most of the time we need that emotional intimacy first before we completely feel comfortable physically intimate. Well, that's what I thought you might say, but I was just curious. And I get that all the time in my comments, like, oh, well, you, you can't marry someone if you don't know if you're going to be good in the bedroom. Like, that is not something you find. That is something you create. And if we just have good physical intimacy, that is just one form of our being. We are not just bodies. And as you just alluded to, we are emotional beings. We are spiritual. We are relational. And so that intimacy builds and therefore the physical becomes better. But yeah, it is. We are not just these one dimensional good in the bedroom, how, how degrading and how dehumanizing just to think of each other in just those terms anyways. But, um, yeah, I thought you might say that. I find that interesting. You experiencing that. Yes. So I had to unpack that. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's talk, let's talk about pornography while, while we're talking about all the juicy stuff. I know you yes. ventured down this brave road sometimes on the internet. Pornography is destroying marriages. A lot of people say it's no big deal. Tell me your thoughts. Yes, I will say my most heated topic that I talk about yeah. online. And I try to make sure after a certain point, I can't keep reading all the comments because they just, they get bad and they get, you know, it's, it's the, it's the social media world. And I, I have to realize that, or I have come to realize that now, but porn, when you look at statistics, it, it just doesn't, the statistics don't lie. And they show that porn can increase the rate of infidelity. And infidelity is one of the top five reasons that people get a divorce. And so that is a very easy way to show statistically why porn use shouldn't be in. And there's so many other ways, but that is just the quickest and the easiest way that we can show it is that if we're watching it and it's not even just men, it's women too. So it could be either one, but if there's porn use within the marriage, whether it's together porn use or watching it separately, that will cause our minds to drift and to think not intimate, just only intimately about our spouse, but now we're thinking intimately about other people. 
And it just keeps that brain thinking on a bad track. And then now people, they want more. They're not just satisfied within their marriage and within the sex life that they have within their marriage. They're seeking more because they're watching this on their brain and chemical reactions are happening in their brain. And now their sex life with their spouse isn't as satisfying anymore. And now they have to look for more, which can cause that infidelity, which can cause, can lead to divorce too. But I have, it was a very disturbing Facebook. It was a, a area mom's Facebook group. And they just said that, should I be more concerned about my husband's porn use? And I was so interested in reading these. I love re- anything on the topics of marriage. You know, I just love reading, especially when people are giving their true thoughts. I love reading it. And people just said it was just so shocking how many wives on there said, well, I'm, I'm fine with my husband if he's watching porn, if, if he's just leaving me alone. And I just said, oh, how sad is this? How all these wives, you know, feel this way because what is what is connecting their marriage? What is keeping their marriage together? Because not only is that physical intimacy loss, but now that they're saying they feel that way, like just, just leave me alone. That's more than just physical intimacy that's lost. That's emotional intimacy too. And that's their relationship that they're losing. Yes. Wow. I'm proud of you for kind of, obviously you're interested in this and I love that, that God's kind of equipped you just of this because a lot of people are married. A lot of people have sex. (laughs) A lot of people love Jesus, but you, you just naturally invested and curious and learning and, and sharing too, because there's one thing to learn, but also to share. And I think that you, you do that uh, with such grace and truth. I was talking to another friend about this the other day, how not everyone can do that. You know, there's a lot of people spitting out facts, um, but it comes across as shame and judging. There's a lot of people spitting out uh, tons of grace and that's good, but there's also truth. And so you have a knack, I believe, of doing of doing that well. And so I'm cheering you on over here, sister. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it because it can be it can be hard sometimes. It's a hard it's a very touchy subject and I try to address it very carefully when I do. Yeah. I think you're doing a great job. Actually, one of your videos, um, I tried to stitch and it wouldn't, the audio messed up. I'll try, I'll try and do it again. But you had mentioned that, um, there was a study that says that porn use will increase your likelihood of divorce by 300%. Do you remember that one? Yes. Yes. That is why, I mean, there are, there are studies so long on porn use, but that is just so shocking, you know, and it is because it, when we watch porn, it, it's something chemical in brains that it does change it. And it can just change the way that we're looking at our own marriages. You know, well, why doesn't my wife look like that? Or why doesn't my husband look like that? Why doesn't my wife do that for me? Or, you know, why doesn't my husband treat me that way? And it's like, we're watching just a fantasy reel when they're watching porn and that's not real life. And, and porn stars, I think is the right terminology. They have come out and said that that's not real life. So I've seen it on both hands, you know, from people who are in the industry and who are not in the industry saying how harmful that it can be to, you know, everybody's marriages when porn is involved. And if we just stop the demand, I realize it's easy for me to say that, but like if everyone tomorrow just said no more, like shut down the internet, block the sites, I don't want to see it. Then they're not going to, it's fueled by dollars, like almost everything we do. And if we stop spending money, they're going to stop making it. So, 
And, and well, that's ad dollars. So maybe even if you don't subscribe to it, you are still funding it by watching and giving a watch time. So stop. Right. It sounds so simple. And I think that's why on my page, I try to give ways to create intimacy without porn use. And I remember mm -hmm. I made a video a few months back, like giving ideas like you, you know, and the, I first started with, you don't need porn to have a healthy sex life within your marriage. And I just gave ways to create that intimacy with your spouse and to keep things fresh or keep things alive. And just so many people were upset. You know, they were happy with that video for the ideas, but people are also upset because it, can, it hits home for a lot of people, whether it's a wife that has a husband who is struggling or vice versa, and it hits home. And so it's just trying to encourage those healthy marriages internally so they don't have to go outside and look for those other ways to help their marriage get better and help their sex life to get better. Yes. And this is, and I know you agree with this too, like this is not to, I should have said a second ago, not to shame if, if porn is something you struggle with or something that your um, significant other struggles with too. Like it is a drug. Like there, there is the organization fight the new drug because studies show it's just as addictive as cocaine. Like it is a drug. Um, and that, but you don't have to live there. You're not stuck. There are amazing organizations like, like fight the new drug offering incredible ways to get help. And so it's just recognizing that it's a problem and taking the steps to, to get help and get free because we're all on paths and these paths lead somewhere. And if you continue to consume it, it is not a friend of your marriage. It is not a favor of your in, friend of your intimacy and which is you like your best health, your best well being, And this is on a path and it's leading to nothing but destruction. So nip it in the bud as soon as you possibly can. Definitely. And it is such a hard, it is such a hard thing to stop. And I know that I have people that will message me, you know, saying that they struggle with it every day. And I just say, please, you know, be, be open with your spouse and talk to them or find somebody, you know, within your church, find somebody that can help keep you accountable too. And there's so many resources specifically for men online or specifically for women online that will help you and they'll come alongside you and try to help you get out of it because it is an addiction. It's an addiction just like, you know, any other drug that, you know, you can get your hands on. And it's one of the most easily, you know, I read that was a quote. It's one of the most easily accessible drugs because we have it everywhere. It's on our cell phones. It's on our computers. It's, it's everywhere. So it's just so easily accessible. Yeah. And that's something I thought about recently too. Someone was talking about how just, I mean, not so long ago, it used to be, if you wanted to see pornography, it, you know, even before the internet was so widespread, people had to go to a store and buy this magazine, you know, put some money on the counter or some shame in front of another human being. Hey, I'm paying for this. There's a black cover over the magazine and then hide it from your parents or whatever it was like that was the process versus opening up of a device that we look at all day, every day. And it just the, like you said, the accessibility of it has become way too easy. And, and, Oh, anyway, we could talk about that for days, but I appreciate, yes, we what, could. You're doing. <laughs> I appreciate what you're doing to just encourage, um, opening up our eyes to seeing the, the harmful effects and also encouraging people to just quit it and to focus on that intimate. What we're, the reason why people watch porn is they're craving intimacy. They're craving that connection with their spouse. And if you are in a loving, committed marriage, like get it there, like unpack it there. And that can be found, but it takes work. And so I love the stuff that you're talking about. All right. So you mentioned a little bit that video you said about how to create that intimacy. You, you know, we want to keep this G rated, but like, 
<laughs> what are yes. some tips and tricks on, you know, you mentioned a little bit intentionality and date nights, but how can we make our, again, this most important art relationship fun and exciting and connecting with our partners? Yes. So I think a big thing, keeping everything very nice and G rated <laughs> is keeping PG is PG's fine. Yes. Is romanticizing your marriage, romanticize your sex life, romanticize a date night in. If you can't make it out, I love date night outs when you just get to go out. But if that's not an option, then romanticize a date night in. Buy favorite snack foods, you know, make it exciting for you and your spouse because the more exciting it's going to be, the less likely you're going to cancel and you're going to say, you know what, I'm too tired tonight. But make it exciting, romanticize that. Try a new game where there's game, you know, there's apps with questions, 20 questions, or just something to start creating that emotional intimacy first. And that will transfer into creating a greater physical intimacy with you and your spouse. But we can just romanticize our daily life with our spouse, flirting with them, text them, text them flirty text messages as spicy as you want to get. That can be, you know, between you and your spouse, but just flirt with them as the day goes on. If they're at work or you're at work and you're gone for long periods of time, just send some flirty text message saying that I'm thinking about you or I, I'm, need, I'm wanting and needing that connection with you. And it will just create that intimacy, that emotional intimacy all day long. And it will just romanticize that marriage and romanticize that date night. And then hopefully, if you keep doing that and you keep going, it will create a physical intimacy too. Oh, good advice. This is all very, very practical, easy. It doesn't take a lot of money. It doesn't take a, you know, a degree in psychology or whatever. Like this is just simple, relational and stuff we're not taught. You know, I think attraction is easy and, you know, people can get together and get to know each other. Obviously, like that's not, that's not complicated, but it, there is something more to being intentional, as you said, growing in um, this intimacy with your spouse. And I love what you're doing to help people figure it all out. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, um, I probably could talk to you for another three hours, but I think that we covered some, some, some good and important stuff. We are going to put the links to your social media. Is there anything else that you want me to make sure we mention? No, thank you so much. I've had so much fun talking to you. Of course. Okay. But before we go, I have to ask the million dollar question. I ask all of our guests and if you could have coffee with your 20 year old self, what would you say? This is a great question. And I love this question, especially with how much I talk about this and have young people watching, but I would make sure that I would say to wait physically until you have emotional intimacy first because looks aren't going to carry as far as that emotional intimacy and that emotional intimacy will in the end create better physical intimacy and it will be so much better and so much worth the wait with your spouse mic drop i love it well, thank you so much for being here and sharing some beautiful nuggets of how to connect with our our spouses or our boyfriends or whatever it is. Thank you so much for having me.